0: It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, on the air with you today, taking your calls and texts. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things that are going on in your life. If you have a prayer request or a praise or something to share, just give us a call or text us. The number to call, again, is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. We want to welcome you to the program. For those of you who are listening in Colorado on Grace FM, Colorado and uh, and Wyoming as well, as well as those of you who listen on the East Coast and Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. We also want to give a shout out to those who are listening online. So many people I hear uh, do that. So welcome to the program, everybody. Uh, Just to tell you a little bit about myself while we're waiting for our lines to fill up with calls, uh, I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, Whitefields meets in downtown Longmont. Uh, for those of you who live in the area, you might know be or, f- or you might be familiar with Longmont. We meet at 700 Longs Peak Avenue, which is right on the southeast corner of Roosevelt Park in the St. Vrain Memorial Building. So 700 Longs Peak Avenue. And uh, we meet there at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. We'd love to have you come and visit us if you are in or near Longmont, Colorado. Or you can always check us out online. Our website is whitefieldschurch.com. Uh, you can also hear me on Grace FM every weekday and on Sunday mornings. So on weekdays, uh, we have a show that is on from 2.30 to 3 every weekday afternoon. Um, and on Sunday mornings, we're on at 10 a.m. And that show is called Life in the Field. So it's uh, sermons that are cut and recorded and put up here on the air for you. We're going to go ahead and go to line one where we've got Marissa uh, here on the Front Range of Colorado with some questions about attraction. Hi, Marissa.
2: Hi, how are you? Doing well. Hi, so my question is, um, so there was this lady, um, she's Christian, and I don't know if you've heard of the Law of Attraction, but it was really popular at one point. I think it still is. And she was saying that the Law of Attraction is talked about in the Bible. Um, she's, that's what she said. Um, I don't know how much that is, and I don't know if you are have heard of the law of attraction are familiar, but basically if you think of something, it's going to happen, whether it's good or bad. For example, if you're going to get in a car accident, you think about it and think about it, it's going to happen. Or if you think you're going to get fired, you're most likely going to. Um, so I don't know what's your take on that. Because um, some Christians, uh, I, you know, they say that it is spoken in the Bible. So
1: Okay. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I'm just looking it up. I'm not familiar with that term, Law of Attraction, but I am looking it up as you're uh, telling me about it. And I see what it is. And I think what you described there is pretty accurate from just what I'm able to read in just a short amount of time. But yeah, you are right. There are some people who call themselves Christians, and they hold to this um, this kind of concept. And uh, the way that they frame it in in Christian terms, I guess you would say, or biblical terms, is that they would say... They, they sometimes call this word of faith theology um, or seed faith theology. And let me explain to you what they mean. And what they say is that, and honestly, a lot of bad theology actually is rooted and, and kind of uh, tries to plant its stake in one verse. And that is this concept uh, that God created us in his own image. Right. So that's in Genesis chapter. Uh, well, I believe it's chapter two where it talks about the creation of human beings. Mm I'm going to look that up too. But what it says is that God created them in his image, male and female. He created them. I'm sorry. It's Genesis chapter one, verse 27. So God created man or human beings, humankind in his own image in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them and God blessed them. And so the big question is, what does it mean that God created us his own image and, um, People have taken different approaches to that. I I have taken different approaches to that, and I think that they're accurate. But one of the approaches that people take is they say, okay, well, one of the characteristics of God, like, for example, in creation, is that when God speaks, things come into existence. And all that God has to do in order to bring something into existence is to speak it into existence, or, or you might even say, as you're saying, even just to think it into existence. But a a lot of times they put the emphasis really on what you say, not only on what you think. Anyway, so all that to say this is that they, they say, well, if God has creative power and we are created in his image, well, then that must mean that we also have creative power. And just as God creates with his words, and you could even say his thoughts, that we also have that capacity as well. And so you shouldn't say negative things or else they will actually come to pass and you should speak positive words into your life because if you do then those positive things will come to pass uh, so okay. I say I don't think that that is the right interpretation of what it means to be created in the image of God and I also think that it um, it ignores some very important other things like the fact of God's sovereignty and the fact that we although we're created in the image of God I don't think that God has given us that capacity to just create things with our words but that doctrine has created all kinds of uh, theological implications, right? And so people would, it's gotten into what we also call the health and wealth gospel, which is basically saying that God wants everyone uh, who is in a relationship with him to be healthy and wealthy. And and if you're not, then it's because you're doing it wrong, like it's user error. So they would say, you should speak into your life, I am wealthy, I am um, successful. I am not going to have this problem. But see, The problem with that is that it also, that crosses over into something which is inherently not Christian. And, and I will just say this, to build an entire doctrine off of one interpretation of what it means to be created in God's image, I don't think that's a good way to do theology. I don't think that's a good way to read the Bible. I mean, mm-hmm. When we read the Bible, when we do theology, we should try and take the entire counsel of God's word as a whole in, in what it's saying. And and really, I don't think we see that anywhere else in the, in the Bible. Uh, we see, you know, it's really just kind of they've taken this one verse, this concept of man being created in God's image, and they've, they've run with it. Uh, you know, there's some other stuff out that's very popular. I mean, this stuff about um, word of faith theology and speaking things into existence. Mm-hmm. I just saw, I was at Walmart, and I saw that uh, Joel Osteen has a book, called i am and i was i was super disappointed with it because i was kind of hoping that when i picked it up you know jesus used seven i am statements in the gospel of john and they were claims of his divinity and i was kind of hoping that uh, as i would open this book that at least this guy had mentioned the fact that jesus claimed divinity using the divine name of god which is yahweh you know i am which is you know yahweh coming from the hebrew for i am all that to say he just Basically, took this same concept that I'm explaining to you, like you're talking about this law of attraction, and said, No, 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 you just need to say, I am rich, I am successful, I am going to do this and that. And then it will happen because God created you in His image and gave you that capacity. Yes, that's so, what I. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what. Yeah,
1: they were saying. I'm sorry, go ahead. So,
2: yeah, that's what the Christian, you know, these Christians were saying that you have the power to say, I am rich, so therefore you will become a millionaire overnight, or to say, you know, I am, you know, going to be a singer or whatever, and it will happen, so that's where they were coming from, you know, that basically, you know, God is your genie in a way, so.
1: Absolutely, and I do think that that gets to, I think you just hit it right on the head right there, and said, okay, well, what is the purpose? I, I've heard it put this way, and I, and I love, actually, this this so simple. They said this, that a lot of people look to God uh, as useful, but people mm-hmm. who understand the gospel look to God as beautiful. Mm-hmm. So some people worship God and follow God because they think that he's useful to them. Like you're saying, he's a genie in a bottle. If I, uh, you know, do the recipe right, then I can pretty much get whatever I want out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are so many problems with that on, on so many levels. One of them is the, the whole idea of the sovereignty of God that God is actually in control. He's not just a genie in a bottle that I can kind of dictate or manipulate. But the other one is, um, think about what happens when that doesn't work out. I mean, think about what happens if you are a person who holds that doctrine and then guess what? You've got cancer or you are not a millionaire or you're not a singer or whatever it is that you tried to name and claim and speak into existence. Well, it puts a humongous and I would say crushing burden on you. It says that you are doing it wrong. You are doing it wrong, and it puts the whole impetus on you. Where I would say the whole point of the gospel is that it puts the impetus on God, His love for you, and what Jesus has done for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So
2: it makes more
1: sense now. So. Yeah, and you know, just one more thought on that is that in First Timothy chapter six, uh, Paul says that the love of money again, that's important. It's not money itself that's the root of all evil, but he says the love of money is the root of all uh, all kinds of evil. And he says it's a snare. So those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. And he says through the craving, the craving for uh, financial gain and wealth, he says many have wandered away from the faith and have pierced themselves with many pangs. But he says instead Mm -hmm. to us, You, O man of God, flee from those things, but pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. Mm -hmm. So that would be my encouragement. Pursue the Lord, pursue those things, and don't seek to use God, but seek to worship God, because he is lovely and beautiful.
2: Thank you. Okay, well, thank you.
1: Yeah, and thank you so much for calling and bringing up such a great topic.
2: Yes, thank you so much. God bless you. You too, bye.
1: All right, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. I'm Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, Uh, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We have one open line. If you want to call in, the number is 303-690-3000, that's 303-690-3000, or you can text in at 720-336-0897. Let's go ahead and go to line two, where we've got Liz in Denver with a related question to the one we just took. Hi, Liz
3: hi, Pastor Nick, Um, I'm kind of dealing with the same thing with my son, you know, the same, you know, as Pastor Ed puts it, blab it and grab it, theory, Mm, theology, I guess you could say, Um, you know, and I'm like, no, if that was the case, you know, you don't think God would honor that? I mean, come on, like, God is too sovereign to not honor. If he said that that's the way it's going to be, wouldn't it be like that for everybody? Why is it that way just for certain people? I said, that can't be God's grace. That can't. And so then he threw at me, well, you know, the Bible says, you know, Ecclesiastes ten nineteen, money money makes is the answer to everything. Yeah. So how do I kinda like got stumped there and I was like, Well, I don't know what to say about
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, okay, well, let's uh, look at that verse. Let's look at it in context. And I, I love the book mm-hmm. of Ecclesiastes, but I'll tell you this. If you don't read it right, it's very easy to misunderstand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's let's break it down just a little bit. Okay, so we're looking at Ecclesiastes 10, 19. And um, mm-hmm. let's keep going down. It says, um, well, let's just say this. He says, bread is made for laughter, wine gladdens life, and money answers everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me, let's just put that in context of what the book of Ecclesiastes is about. The book of Ecclesiastes is about, um, it's written by Solomon, most likely, mm-hmm. and Solomon yeah, is basically is. saying, look, I tried everything in life, and I realized that everything is futile. Everything is vain. Uh, you know, I basically sought out wisdom, work, pleasure, wealth, I've had everything that everybody says. If you have this, then your life will be full and rich and you will be satisfied. But it didn't satisfy me. And um, here's the thing about Ecclesiastes. In a way, it does have a conclusion. So at the very end of the book, he says, well, I realized all this was vanity. Uh, There's only one thing that matters. And so this is now in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. He says this. The end of the matter is this fear God and keep his commandments. That is the whole duty of man for God will bring every deed into judgment. Every single every secret thing for evil or good. So he says in the end, look, I tried everything. I had everything. I tried money. I tried exotic things. You know, he goes through this list. He says, Okay, I tried having money. Then I thought, oh, I'll have then this will really satisfy me. I'll have women and romantic love and sensual love. And he had that in abundance more than anybody else, maybe in history. And he says, yeah, that didn't satisfy me either. I realized that, too, is vain. Then he says, well, I thought maybe I need to be more industrious. So I started building things and I built you know, cities and palaces. And he goes, yeah, but then I found out that's empty, too. And then he says, well, I tried exotic things. He says, I even collected animals from all over the world. Like I had a zoo, basically, of, of exotic birds and all kinds of animals. And he thought, I thought that would excite my heart. But in the end, that, too, left me empty and disappointed. And then he gets kind of to the end and he says, you know what, here's the deal. Uh, People just work and it's like life is basically a stationary bicycle. One generation gets on, pedals as hard as they can until they fall off and die. Then the next generation gets right back on where they left off, pedals and falls off and dies. And that's just how it is. And it's very depressing when you put it that Mm -hmm. way. And that's the context in which he says, and money's the answer to everything. He's talking about this life. And that in this life and in this world, everything is uh, absolutely vain and depressing. And why I'm saying that in the way he says this is the conclusion, fear God and keep his commandments, that is all that matters. That's only Mm -hmm. partly the solution. I think that the book of Ecclesiastes, if you take the Bible as a whole, I think there are several things that are found in the Old Testament that don't actually reach their fulfillment until the New Testament. And I could give you some examples of that, but... I don't want to take up too much of your time. But I think this is one of them where he's saying, look, everything in life is vain. The only Mm -hmm. thing that will really matter, I'm not even sure what it is. I guess you just serve God and keep his commandments. But I think it's when we come to the New Testament, we find Jesus and that Jesus is the answer to that riddle. What is the point of life? Is there anything in this life that really matters that is not vain and that's not shallow? And the answer is yes, because through Jesus. You can, um, yeah. You can be saved and have eternal life and live forever. So,
4: okay.
3: Well, that helps. So, um, hopefully, you know, they'll they have to be willing to listen and to really hear, you know. Yeah. If they say.
1: Well, and, and what a shame that um, someone would try and take a verse of the Bible to justify materialism in their own soul. Yeah. So I'm yeah. sorry to hear that.
3: Yeah. Well, so well maybe just,
1: I could. Pray for conversation. that's all your we son. can do. okay, well, why don't we pray and then I'll let you go. Heavenly Father, we pray for Liz and her son and this this discussion of of using God to get things versus um, worshiping God and honoring his grace and appreciating his love and, and his sovereignty. but I pray that you give her wisdom, I pray that you give her insight, give her good answers to questions, and I pray that he would go from a place of seeing you as useful and come to a place of seeing you as beautiful and worshiping you for that reason. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well,
3: thank you so much, Pastor Nick.
1: You bet. God bless you, Liz. Thanks for calling in.
3: Bye-bye.
1: You're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm taking your calls and texts today on the air. I'm going to go ahead and go. We have... uh, Caller on line three. Michael, I'm going to get to you in just a minute, but first I want to go to line one where we've got Nicholas in Denver because he has a comment on this uh, line of calls that we've just had about kind of name it and claim it theology. Hi, Nicholas, you're on the air. Okay. Well, it seems like we don't have Nicholas. Let's go ahead and go to line three then and take Michael in Denver who has a prayer request. Hello, Pastor Nate. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, Pastor, I need some
0: prayer for something. Um, okay. I had to I had to do a self uh, kind of a forced retirement. Uh, I had to force myself to retire because of health issues, and uh, I filed for Social Security unemployment. I may have prayed about that with you before. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I filed for benefits, and I've got a couple of outstanding debts. One of them is on hold, and they're being very patient, work, waiting on me to get Social Security and stuff. The other one is the people, are the people who hold the note on my car. They're being patient enough, but I don't know how much what, how much longer they're going to c- continue to to take small partial payments and stuff when I get my monthly money, because I can only make one small payment a month, and I, I owe I pay every qu- every two weeks normally. Mm-hmm. And I just, God, God is the God of the impossible. God can do anything he wants to, any way he wants to. And I just, right now, I'm in a situation where this car is my land raft. I can't walk very far. I can't stand very long. And it's, and it's a situation where if this car were to get repoed or something, I would be in trouble because I would lose everything in the car. And I don't know how well I would survive trying to walk around the streets of Denver homeless with a backpack with just what's on my back and walking with a cane. So I just, I need God, I need God's intervention in this situation.
1: Okay. Yeah, let's pray for you. Thanks for calling in. Heavenly Father, we pray for Michael, just as all of us, whether we're listening um, wherever we are, we pray together agree in the name of Jesus. We pray for Michael. We thank you, Lord, that he's turning to you in the midst of this difficult situation. We thank you that he's looking to you, and we pray that truly, Lord, as he looks to you, Lord, that you would take care of his needs. We pray for especially this debt he has with his car. Uh, Lord, that you would provide for him. Lord, we pray that you'd provide for him above uh, even what he can imagine and think. We pray that you would just let there be people in his life who help take care of him. Lord, that you'd bring those people into his life, but also, Lord, that he would seek out ways that he can, he can take care of these debts he has. But I do pray that you would be with him, that whatever happens to him financially, Lord, thank you that you promise that you will walk with him. I know many people struggle financially, and Lord, I pray that truly you would let your presence be known to them. Thank you for the different ways that you keep us dependent on you. And Lord, I know it's not Uh, always enjoyable for us in that time. But I do thank you that you put us in positions where we are required to depend on you every moment of every day. So I pray that in that situation that Michael's in, Lord, that he would draw near to you and that you'd meet him in that place. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Michael, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. God bless you. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. If you have a question about the Bible or about something going on in your life, uh, if you have a prayer request or a praise report, we'd love to have you call us or text us. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720 336 8 Nine seven. We're gonna go ahead and go to line one, where we've got Rhonda from Maryland. Hi, Rhonda.
5: Hi. How are you? I'm
1: doing well. What's going on?
5: Oh, what isn't going on? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I I just got laid off um, this Wednesday. It was quite as suddenly. Um, had no idea. No. No indications, nothing that was going on at work, like we just got bought out or, you know, any other things like that. And I've been, you know, there at this job as a commissioned salesperson for 11 and a half years. So um, it's a huge change. I mean, my income has gone down for a little, you know, for some time. And actually, I guess this was probably God's way for, I guess, pushing me out or making me get out because it's it really hurt me financially um, working there. And now I don't have any other choice. I have to get another job or do something else. And I've been trying to pursue a couple of businesses that are, um, one, as an independent agent for, um, to provide loans for businesses. So I'm like a finder, and I'm looking for agents as well as, you know, looking for businesses that want loans, that need money, and then also the other one is a jewelry website, and I, you know, want to really pursue them, but I kind of need to know, like, you know, like God's will and, you know, His plan for, you know, these endeavors, you know? I mean, I don't want to do them outside of God. I mean, I know I want Him, obviously, to want these things, and obviously for me to be successful, and then what kind of job does he want me to do? Does he want me to pursue these only? Does he want me to get a whole other job, you know, and supplement it with these things? It's just, um, I'm kind of like in a quandary right now, you know? It's like, it's like you know, everything's changing for me.
1: <laughs> yeah. You
5: know, I'm not, I'm not a spring chicken. I'll, I'm 56. I'll be 57 in October, and... You know, not that I'm at birth to change, but let's face it, you know, if you've been someplace for a while, you know, and and you're used to people and your routines and different things that you're doing, and it's, you know, it's starting all over. And it's strange. I think the Holy Spirit was trying to show me something because about a week ago, (laughs) I was at the grocery store, and I walked by this fence. And the bin had all these books in there that were marked down in clearance. And um, the funniest thing, right at the very top of the pile of the books in this bin, had uh, it was a book, it was a hardback book, Joyce Myers, and it says, You Can Begin Again. Hmm. Now, what's the likelihood of me seeing something like that that says, You Can Begin Again,
1: this book? I don't know.
5: And I'm going to tell you I... something. It was okay. the only... Christian book in that whole bin. I dug through all the books in that bin. There was no other Christian books of any other author. Nothing. Nothing. Just that book. I bought it. I am reading it now, but it's like, wow. So maybe that was kind of like my little cue sign that stuff was going to be happening. I don't know, but I just kind of need to, I need prayer and
1: you know, prayer for guidance,
5: direction, I, you know, it's a yeah. lot of
1: uncertainty, you know? Sure. Well, here's how I would encourage you. First of all, I do believe that's true. With God, you can start over. You know why? Because he can give you the strength to face anything that comes your way. But here's the other thing that uh, we see throughout the Bible is that sometimes God brings things into people's lives that they wouldn't have chosen for themselves. You know, I think about Mary, uh, Jesus' mother, being an unmarried teenage girl. And the last thing she probably wanted or expected in her life was that she would get pregnant and have to uh, be the mother of the Messiah. So that's kind of a lot to take on when you're like 15 years old, right? Uh, But I think about about Jonah. I just finished teaching the book of Jonah at our church here in Colorado, and the last thing in the world Jonah wanted to do was go to Nineveh. Right. But as you read the book, what you find out is that well, God probably could have found somebody to go to Nineveh who wanted to go to Nineveh, but why did he choose Jonah? The reason was because, not because he needed Jonah, it was because he wanted to do a deep work in Jonah's heart and his life and change him and speak into his life and do something powerful inside of him. And that's why God called Jonah to do something Jonah didn't want to do. But I, I tell you, I could give you a whole list of people in the Bible who were called to go places and do things that were either unexpected Or, you know, had an unexpected change in their life. And I would encourage you to embrace that and be excited about it. Because I bet that God has something really special and big to bring into your life. So let me go ahead and pray for you. And thanks for calling in with that testimony, and with that prayer request. Heavenly Father, we pray for Rhonda. Thank you that she is seeking you during this time of uncertainty and lord i'm sure that there are a lot of people who are listening right now who are facing similar situations where they're facing something they never planned on or wanted or expected lord thank you that you are sovereign over our lives and that, thank you that you know what is best for us and how you want to use us and how you want to lead us even better than we do lord your plans for us are better than our plans for ourselves so i pray for rhonda and i ask lord that you give her peace in the middle of this storm Lord we know that you can do that we remember you Jesus are the one who slept in the boat in the midst of the storm on the sea so Lord I pray that you would give her that kind of peace that deep rest in her soul of knowing that you love her that you care about her and that you are in control of the situation and I do pray that you provide for every one of her needs in Jesus we pray that in Jesus name Amen thank you for calling in you're listening to Calvary Live we're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a minute
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000.
1: Well, good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady with you today, taking your calls and texts on the air. I want to say welcome again to those of you listening, wherever you're listening, whether it's here in Colorado or Wyoming, or for those of you listening on the East Coast or even online, welcome back to the program. The number to call is 303-690-3000, that's 303-690-3000, or you can text in at 720-336-0897. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or whatever's going on in your life. If you have a prayer request or a praise report, we'd love to hear from you. Hey, I wanted to take the opportunity to tell you about something exciting going on at our church in Longmont next weekend, so August 13th. We're going to be doing an outdoor service in downtown Longmont. Our church meets right on the corner of the biggest park in our city, which is called Roosevelt Park. It's kind of the city park there in downtown Longmont. But for those of you in the area, we're doing an outdoor service. It'll be at 10 a.m. next uh, Sunday, August 13th. And we are going to be doing that on the southeast corner of Roosevelt Park. And we just love for people in the community and people from the surrounding community to invite friends And we'd love to get a lot of people out there and preach the gospel out there right out in the open in downtown Longmont. So I'm excited about that coming up. Let's go back to our call lines. We've got full lines right now. So we've got Laura and Aurora with a prayer request on line two. Hi, Laura. Hi. Can you hear me? Yep. Welcome to the program.
6: Okay. Um, I'm going to try to make this really, really quick. So you know, when it rains, it pours. And I'm so very fortunate that the Lord has given me peace to know that he always has my back. Um, and I don't feel, you know, hopeless. I don't feel lost, but my marriage is really rocky. And, um, I've been through my husband with my husband through so much of his stuff. Um, and, for so many years I've been praying that the Lord just show me like what am I supposed to be doing? Am I supposed to be with this person? Am I not? You know, are you trying to teach me something through this marriage, through this person? Um, am I supposed to just be there for him? Like, just guide me. So I've been also praying and selfishly praying, you know, that I would get to a point where I'm not gonna be treated like this anymore. And that uh, the Lord would give me the strength to just say no, just to just be just to not let the bad treatment continue. And whether that means, hey, you know what, I need to walk away for a while, whether that means, you know, I just step back, or whatever that means, I feel like that's what I've been needing. I'm also really fortunate because the Lord talks to me, and a couple instances have happened through through this through the years, but this year that found out so much. The New Year's, the Lord literally told me, you're going to find out these two things about your husband. And within a month, I found out the first one. And then a couple months later, I found out the second one. And I told my husband, listen, this is what the Lord told me. This is what's going to happen. And he was like, and it happened. Now, I found those two things out. And because I already made peace with it with the Lord, I wasn't upset. Now, when I was promised that it wouldn't happen again, blah, 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 it happened again. Uh, my husband relapsed from drugs. Um Maybe a month later, he he was okay for like three weeks, and he relapsed. Now again, the Lord has given me so much peace. I wasn't upset with him. I feel so bad for him. I want him to find the Lord and heal, and he has so much damage from his childhood and all of these things. But um, recently, um, my husband was just drunk when with just being an idiot he was saying some really foul things to me, and I feel like I had that epiphany that hey, you know what, I'm walking away you need to get help, you need to be fixed, you need to do what you need to do, but I have to protect myself and my child. I don't mean so much physically, not physical, but mentally and emotionally. Um, and my daughter actually said to one of her little friends, are the cops going to come for my puppy because my he yells at my mommy and my mommy and my puppy fight? Now, I that's when I feel like the Lord told me, okay, you can go. Like, you can walk away because... I actually feel good about it. Like, I, I think I, my prayer request is that the Lord continue to guide me and that I'm not taking the signals wrong. I haven't. I, I don't think I've ever taken the signals wrong from him, as I know. Um, but I feel like that affects me, because she has said that before, and it didn't affect me to this extent. Um, I just feel like the Lord just told me, okay, you know what? Stop. Don't continue to sit up with this. Your husband needs help, but you have every right to walk away for now. So I don't plan on getting a divorce, and I, I packed some of my stuff to move into an aunt's house, not all of it, just some clothes maybe for the next couple of days or something to kind of figure out myself and my head and everything else. Um, but I'm still worried. Like, I'm so worried that my marriage is going to be over. And I don't want that. I just want to help my husband find the Lord and heal. He just has so much damage that I feel like at this point I can't help him. I can't. Yeah. There's nothing I can say. There's nothing I can do, but I can't continue to let the damage on my child and myself be done. I I just can't right. continue that.
1: Well, I and think so, you've got a lot like of things I said, that's to. My request. I think yeah, and I'd be happy to pray for you in just a second. I just want to speak into that for just a moment, uh, from a pastoral perspective, biblical perspective. I want you to know that. I I don't think that you should be staying in an abusive situation. And I do think that, you know, if he's being verbally abusive, I'm glad that he's not being physically abusive. But, you know, if he's using drugs and endangering your daughter, endangering you, uh, but also being verbally abusive, I don't think that you should be, um, you know, tolerating that kind of thing. I do. I do really appreciate what you're saying about wanting to see your husband, uh, his life turn around. Ultimately, your husband needs the Lord, you know, and I would really encourage you to to not just totally cut him off. But even if you're not living together at the moment, I would encourage you to continue to reach out to him. Let him be very clear about your intentions. Tell him why you're doing this and that it's because you care about your daughter and because you care about him ultimately. And I would encourage you to reach out to him with lots of resources and in ways that he can get help and Uh, I would encourage you to keep praying for him. Just I'll tell you one quick story. We have a couple here at our church in Longmont and they were uh, divorced. He walked out on her and they were divorced. And this I believe it was about 11 years. And, uh, you know, he remarried, did all kinds of stuff. She never gave up. She never even took off her wedding ring. She kept praying for him every day. And just a few months ago, about two or three months ago, they just got married again and it's it's Aww. just been seeing this this reconciliation and god restoring something that was broken by sin. And so, let me pray for you. Thank you for calling in. Um Lord, we pray for Laura and and we we pray for the situation she's in. This is such a difficult situation where there's drugs and there's abuse and there's a child involved and of course even herself. So, Lord, we pray that she would truly hear from you, that she would be led by you, Lord, she wouldn't go off on her own and and think that she's doing the right thing, but really that she would know that you are the one who is leading her and guiding her. And I pray that you would do that by your spirit. Lord, I pray for her husband, Lord, that he would repent, that he would embrace Jesus, that he would see Jesus as his all in all, and the one who sets him free, that he would experience that in reality and truth. And I pray that Christian people would come around him and that he would be set free from drugs, but also set free in his soul. And so, Lord, we pray that you do that deep work, and we ask that we would see the restoration of this family, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank Thank you, Laura, for calling in. Yes, God bless you. Have a good day. God God bless. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. The number to call is 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line three where we've got Daniel in Aurora. Hi, Daniel. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. Welcome to the program.
0: Hi. Uh, so I just had a question about um, the spiritual gift, specifically um, encouragement. Um, I was wondering if encouragement is a spiritual gift. And where I'm getting that is from Romans 12.8, um, where on the NIV version it says if it is to encourage, then give encouragement. Um, but if you go to 1 Corinthians 12, Um, where most um, people would pull the spiritual gifts from. Encouragement isn't like specifically mentioned. And so I'm wondering, uh, just as I'm going through this and as I'm praying about it, if encouragement is a spiritual gift or not.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's a spiritual gift. So there are two lists of spiritual gifts that Paul gives. One is there in Romans 12. The other one's in 1 Corinthians 12. And then there's another list, which we would look at more as offices in the church, you could say, and that's in Ephesians chapter four. And so it's, it's important to, to kind of look at those three lists together, understand how they differ from each other. But um, I'll tell you how I, I I use the ESV version a lot. And here's how the ESV reads in that chapter or that section. It says, Romans 12, 8 it says, to the one who exhorts in his exhortation and to the one who contributes. And so whereas yours says encouragement, um, this translation translates that as exhortation. I think if you take those two words together, you kind of really Getting to the heart of what is being talked about there. And so it's not just, um, you know, patting someone on the back. I do think it is exhortation in the sense of encouraging someone in the Lord. Giving them a word from the Lord that is, that is encouraging mm-hmm. to them. And I absolutely think that's a spiritual gift. I'll tell you, I used to work with a guy. The first church that I worked at, I was uh, young. I was 19. And the guy who worked there, he was also a young pastor. He was only about 25 or 26. And I learned so many things from him. He was a wonderful person. Uh, but I do remember this about him, that he would never want to encourage other people. And I asked him why. Why does he not encourage people? Like, you know, if if somebody did something, he wouldn't tell them that they did a good job. He wouldn't exhort them, you know, in a, in a positive way. And he said, well, he doesn't want to be responsible for them being puffed up and and for them being uh, conceited, you know, because mm-hmm. pride is a sin. And I told him, hey, man, I think that's kind of on that person to deal with before God. Your job is um, to encourage them because encouragement is a gift of the Spirit. Like, that's a good thing. And yeah. I don't think we should ever hesitate to encourage someone. There's a difference between encouragement and... And I think there is a um, a difference between encouragement and, uh, what do you call it, when you're um, basically trying to, you know, say something positive to someone to get them to do something for you. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I can't remember that word right now, uh, unfortunately. But uh, I think in that case, it's clear you're trying to do that to manipulate someone, right? But if you're not mm-hmm. doing it to manipulate them, you're doing it sincerely to encourage them. Gosh, I, I don't see... Anything negative about that? And if a person does take that encouragement and they get puffed up about it, that's on them. I I don't think that you know you have to own that if you encourage someone and they got puffed up by it. So does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Thank you very much. Awesome. Hey, thank you for calling in. God bless you. Yeah, God bless. You're, You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. The number to call is 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line one, where we've got Jimmy in Baltimore. Hi, Jimmy. You're on the air. Jimmy, not hearing you. Okay, let's go to line two, where we've got John in Brighton. Hi, John. Welcome to the program. Hi, can you hear me? Uh,
0: yes. Did you have a question? I had a question on uh, Exodus 33. Okay. It's uh, on 33:11 it says so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. But then in 33:20 he says but he said you cannot see my face for no man shall see me and live. Mm -hmm. can you kind of clarify
1: that for me pastor absolutely yeah face to face there is using a euphemism I guess you call that a manner of speaking I don't think that's meant to be taken literally and the reason we know it's not taken to be literally is exactly what you said there down in verse 20 you cannot see my face for no man shall see my face and live and then later on you know God actually does in the next chapter God lets Moses catch a glimpse of the tail of his glory but right. to see his face would absolutely kill him. So, what does that mean, face to face? It's a, it's a mannerism. It's a way of speaking. It's a, you know, saying that he spoke to him directly, as a man oh, okay. speaks to his friend. So that's all it's meant to be. Nothing more.
0: Gotcha. Thank you very much. Appreciate yeah, that. You
1: bet. God bless you. Thanks for calling in. You're listening to Calvary Live. We have all open lines right now, so it's a great time to call in. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I am the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Just a pleasure to be with you on the air today, taking some of your calls and answering some of your questions. Let's go ahead and go over to the text line. We've got a couple texts that have come in in the meantime. One person texts in and says, my daughter is getting married and I've talked to her about premarital counseling. Back in the day, this used to be normal. Uh, Now it doesn't seem to be any longer, but do you have any uh, recommendations where she should start looking? Absolutely. I do think that premarital counseling is very helpful. Uh, I think that one of the greatest challenges that marriages face is in regard to many things that premarital counseling is sought to address, which is expectations and um, spiritual questions. What you want your, what are your expectations of what your family is going to look like spiritually, financially, and um, how you raise kids, discipline kids. There's so many questions that get brought up in premarital counseling, and especially approaching it with a pastor or a Christian counselor is, I mean, very useful. I do. Premarital counseling with people from our church, and it usually begins this way: they they often come saying, "Okay, I don't, you know, I don't really know how this is going to benefit us, but you know, why not? Why not give it a shot?" Uh, and then by the time they go, they say, "Wow, I don't know how I could have ever imagined being, you know, getting married without having gone through this." So I would say where to start would be. I hope that you belong to a church. If you don't, I'd say go find a great church to belong to. I know that Calvary Aurora, who hosts this radio station, they have a list of recommended churches all throughout the state of Colorado, if you're here in Colorado. And um, you can find one near you and get plugged in over there. And I would say most of those churches, because they're churches that I'm connected with as well, there'll be churches which either do premarital counseling or they could turn you to someone in your area who they trust and recommend who could be doing premarital counseling. I can go ahead and respond to your text with uh, somebody I know up here in Longmont who does it. Um, But I would say the best thing you can do is to go through your local church. And um, so that's where I would begin. But absolutely, I, I do think premarital counseling is a great way to go. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Longmont, Colorado. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to another text message that's come in in the meantime. This person asks, How do I know if I am bearing fruit as a Christian? So let's talk about what are some things that the Bible refers to as fruit. So, of course, there's the fruit of the Spirit. Let's talk about that. So in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, uh, Paul the Apostle writes to us about the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm going to read that to you. So in Galatians 5, and he says, starting in verse 22, he says, The fruit of the Spirit is Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things there is no law. Here's the, here's the other thing that's important to remember about this passage as it talks about the fruit of the Spirit is that it contrasts it with the works of the flesh. So let's go and give ourselves a little bit of context. He says, in, starting in verse 18, If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warned you about these and I warned you before. Those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then he says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against these things, there is no law. You know, here's the thing about fruit. You never really walk by a thing that bears fruit, right? So like think about, for example, an apple tree, let's just say. You never find yourself walking by an apple tree and hearing that apple tree grunting and striving and trying to push out that fruit. Now, what happens is as long as that apple tree is healthy, that tree will bear fruit. If it's not healthy, it it won't bear fruit. So fruit is what comes out of our lives naturally from being connected to uh the source of life which you know in a tree's case you're talking about land water sun in our case jesus says that you are the vine or i am the vine and you are the branches and he tells us to stay connected or to abide in him and if you do that you will bear fruit that's in john chapter 15 jesus says if you stay connected to me you will bear fruit and not only that, he says, you will bear fruit that lasts. And this is what's really interesting. He said, this is how you bring glory to the Father, the Father, or Heavenly Father. The way you do it is by bearing fruit and fruit that will last. And so I would tell you, this is the first place to go to ask the question, are you living a fruitful life? And that is to say, okay, well, what are the fruits of the Spirit? Am I living out these things? Do I see these things as being characteristic in my life? Not that we force them or anything like that, but um, but that these are the things that are naturally coming out of my life because I am staying connected to Jesus. I am in his word, I'm staying in relationship with him. So I hope that answers your question. I you know the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And it's also been said, That the fruit of the Spirit is love. So notice there it doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit are these following things. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love. And so one way that's been explained, and I think this is right. And In fact, in Greek, this word, the fruit of the Spirit, that is in a singular rather than a plural. And so what it's saying is the fruit of the Spirit is love. You will have the love of God poured out in you and you will express it to others. So the fruit of the Spirit is love and love is love has these characteristics. It's, exempt, it's you know seen in these ways, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So I hope and pray that that will be seen in your life as you abide in Christ. Let's go ahead and go to line one where we've got Sherry and Parker. Hi, Sherry.
4: Hi. Can you hear me okay?
1: Yes, yes. Welcome to the program. You have a uh, prayer request?
4: Uh, I did, but um, my my kid just passed away, and I'm trying to get to the emergency hospital because uh, they wanted me to see him one last time. Okay. And But my question is, I, I don't understand. Uh, this whole week has been a roller coaster ride up and down. I've been praying and praying, and I would get these signs where... I would. I always have your radio station out in my car, but I would get these, you know, things that would say, "Don't give up." And so I didn't. I kept fighting for him the whole time. He's all I had, mm. and now he's gone. And my my question is: Do we get? Do, do animals go to heaven? Do we get to see him again?
1: That's a great question, Sherry, and it's one on which my opinion has actually at least began to change. I used to, I used to just say no, but I will tell you that my opinion began to change on that. I listened to a great audio book by a man named Randy Alcorn. It was called Heaven. And I would really recommend that book for you, but he has an appendix in there in which he answers this question, Do animals go to heaven? And his whole point is that he's pretty convinced, based on his reading of the Bible, that they do. So I would tell you to take heart in that, and I would tell you to check out that book. I think it would be very comforting to you, not only in regard to uh, your cat, uh, but also in regard to yourself. So um, I'm very sorry for your loss, and let me go ahead and pray for you. Heavenly Father, I, I pray for Sherry, and I pray, Lord, that you would comfort her right now. And I pray that uh, the companionship which she longs for, Lord, that she would find that companionship in you. Lord, I pray that you draw near to her, that she would sense your presence in her life, that she would have a sense of you embracing her and drawing her near to yourself. Lord, we do pray for her heart, and we pray for her, um, that she would truly know that companionship in you that is greater than any other companionship that exists in this world. And Lord, we thank you that there is hope for a life beyond this one. And Lord, I don't know the answer to that question fully, but I thank you that that there is a chance that we will have that kind of companionship. Well, I, it's, it's a surety. That we will have that kind of companionship that we long for in our heart of hearts with you forever in eternity because of what Jesus did. So, Lord, I thank you for that, and I do pray that you would give Sherry comfort in this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sherry, thank you for calling in. And I Can do I pray get that the name popular. of
4: that book again, please?
1: Yes. The author's name is Randy Alcorn. And the title of the book is Heaven. So okay. it's Alcorn A L C O R N. O R N. Yes.
4: O R N. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it.
1: Yes. God bless you. Thank you for calling thank in. Bye bye. Bye bye. We are coming up on the end of the show. You've been listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We've got a few minutes left. Let's go over to the text line and see what people have been texting in. Uh, One person texts in that they want to add to the previous caller about the the face of God and Moses wanting to see God's face. This person says, Moses longed to see God's face. Jesus said that Moses longed to see my day. Am I right in saying Jesus... Uh, his ability to look upon God equals Jesus without perishing. Um, sort of a fulfillment of the Old Testament. No man. Now we can look upon God. So, uh, if I'm understanding your text correctly, what you're asking is. In Jesus, people can look upon Jesus, and Jesus is God. Is looking upon Jesus the fulfillment of what Moses longed for? Is that what Jesus is alluding to when he says Jesus, "When he says that Moses longed to see my day? Well, personally, I believe that when Jesus was saying that Moses longed to see my day, what he was referring to specifically uh, was that Moses longed to see the day when the Redeemer and the Messiah, the fulfiller of the Old Testament law, would come. Uh, But I do get your point that Moses longed to see the face of God. And in Jesus, we see God in the flesh. So I I do think that's a possibility. I think that's a great, um, great observation. And I thank you for writing that in. Yeah, you know, Jesus is, the Bible says, he is the image of the invisible God. And so in him, no one has ever seen God. But those who look upon him see the image of the invisible God. That's what it says in uh, John chapter 1, in the gospel of John chapter 1. So I appreciate that uh, comment and thank you for texting in. Let's see what else is going on in the text line. Uh, Someone calls in or writes in saying that I lost my father on July 7th. He was the only family I have and I do not want to let go of him and I don't know how to move on. We'll close the show by praying for this dear person. Whoever you are, I hope you're listening. We'd love to uh, have you know that we're praying for you and for the loss of your father. And uh, similar to our previous call, Heavenly Father, we pray for this person who texted in who's dealing with the loss of their father. Lord, thank you that you are the true father. Thank you, Lord, for the promise that in you, We will one day be reunited with those who have been redeemed. Thank you for the promise that in you we have a father who will never leave us. And we have the hope of a kingdom which will have no end and life everlasting. Lord, I pray for whoever this person is who wrote in and anyone else who's listening who's struggling with loss right now. Lord, I pray that you would draw them near to yourself, that they would sense your presence and that they would know you. And that they would know that life that has no end and the promise of eternal life in the kingdom which is to come. I pray that those listening would embrace Jesus as Savior and know that eternal life. And I pray that in Jesus' name. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Thank you for tuning into the show today. My name is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We'd love you to check us out if you're in the area, whitefieldschurch.com. And the show will be back with another episode on Monday. Bye-bye.